Hello and welcome back to our latest edition of the In the Headlights podcast. Today Hello. we're in um, we're in quite a cool location. This oh, is very yes. cool. I've never been to here before. Is, yeah. Isn't it awesome? So we're down at Wars at Harley Davidson dealership in Chelsea, and we're here basically because. Um, we have literally just surprised the latest BOTB lifestyle winner who's won a brand new Harley Davidson. I can see the bike just down there. It's a brand new Harley Davidson FXDR, which is a brand new bike for Harley. It literally came out last week. 20 grand's worth. 20 grand's worth of Harley Davidson. BOTB just gave one away. I don't really know how much Harley Davidson bikes are. I mean, do we know a range? Is it? Is I think 20, 20 grand's like a, a top-end bike, right? Yeah, that's, 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 that's big money for a bike, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, you know, there's, there's, I've been looking around the, the uh, showroom. There's like five, five grand, six grand, ten grand. They're, yeah, they're, the, they're the big ones, you know. 10 normally. to 20, you get a really, really serious bit of kit. Yeah, I mean, it looks amazing. Yeah, doesn't it, Justin? It sounded actually, we started it out the back. Sorry, guys, you didn't get to hear that. But oh. I got to sit in and have a little. That's kind of cool. A, a, a moment. Does it so do? The, does it do the, the proper? Yeah, Proper Harley sound. Nice. Did you yeah. take it around the block? Cause no. You did cause you I, have? I have just passed my motorbike license. That's right. Have you? I have. Well so done, Christian. Anything. How many times I was about to say did you have to do that? <laughs> so we're here this morning, um, and you'll obviously recognise Tim. This is Tim Oldland. Hello. Hello. Um, my name is Christian. Hello. Um, and today we're joined by Patrick. Now, Patrick usually is behind all the cameras and twiddling the little knobs. Yeah, and, you may see me still doing that because we do have to make this adequate quality, even though I'm in front <laughs> yeah. of the microphone this time. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But Patrick's come in mainly because we're going to talk about something in a second. But first, of course, um, thanks to BOTB again for making this podcast happen. Mm. Um, do have a look at the website, BOTB.com, giveaway a dream car and a lifestyle prize every single week. It is a real thing, just giving away a 20 grand bite, which yep. is just crazy. Um, and of course, thank you to everyone that's listened to the podcast so far. We've had some really, really good feedback. Uh, a few people have asked why, um, why it's not on iTunes. This is on iTunes. Yep. You can just go onto any of your favorite podcast app and just search for In the Headlights and you should find us. Um, and then hit subscribe and then hopefully they'll all kind of automatically download to yep. your device. You don't even need to have an iPhone either. You can be on an Android phone yeah, exactly. or a computer. Any any RSS-enabled device, any podcasting app you have, it's, it's on all of them now. So There you go. That's brilliant. Geeky I'll be, can it, will it work on Alexa? I think so, yeah. As, Ooh, long, as, you've got, as long as you've got a podcasting app, it'll work on anything. Yeah. So. Wow. It's exciting awesome. stuff. This is very exciting. It is. It's very exciting having you on the podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you, you for having know. me. Well, not a problem. I mean, we didn't have much choice. We were running out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to bring Patrick Wheeling in, mainly because uh, not only does Patrick supply us with all these amazing microphones and GoPros everywhere, uh, Patrick also um, uh, looks after a lot of talent. Yeah, YouTube works with a lot talent. of YouTubers. Yeah, mm. works with a lot of YouTubers. And since we've had Archie Hamilton, the pigeon that is, on this YouTube, <laughs> we thought actually it'd be quite quite interesting we mentioned it in the Archie podcast to get Patrick in because Patrick you basically look after Archie yeah I look after Archie and a few other people in the in the automotive world uh, kind of on a commercial basis and a creative one so we do stuff like this which is more creative um, and then if you've ever seen a sponsored video under any of the automotive YouTubers and that's the, the commercial side of things okay so we'll talk about Archie in a minute because it's probably quite <laughs> interesting working he's with an someone India. he's an interesting guy he is an interesting guy yeah <laughs> uh, but first of all YouTube how did it because I want to uh, talk a little bit about the business behind YouTube and, yeah. and how YouTube started and everything. You've watched YouTube pretty much from the beginning, didn't you? Yeah, so I started on YouTube by playing video games. Um, because of those video games, I would then go on to YouTube and look for tips and tricks or for any kind of help or insight I could get into those games to better myself. Because, you know what, as a 13, 14-year-old, that's all you want to do is play Call of Duty and get better at playing Call of Duty. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I went on to YouTube. I found some commentators, so people that were just talking over gameplay. Um, and from that, I kind of got really into watching those people. And then what do you do when you really like something? I mean, 
you're wearing a Casey Neistat t-shirt. I hope your vlogs are coming soon. I am. Um, you try and emulate <laughs> that person and you try and recreate what they're doing. So I bought a, a standard definition capture card and I would start capturing my own gameplay and then speaking over it. Yeah. And I, I kid you not, this was before my voice cracked. I have a clip on, I'm not going to tell anybody where it is. Oh, on, YouTube, <laughs> on YouTube, there is a clip of me before my voice cracked. Wow. And then there's one afterwards. So this was, oh God, this will date me now, but it was like 20... <laughs> it's like something 20, years ago 2012 maybe oh, 2010 20, uh, was when I first started uploading YouTube videos um, and I'm back then YouTube Call of Duty now <laughs> everybody come was, on look at this it was brilliant. literally that yeah it was the squeaker <laughs> on the microphone on Call of Duty screaming at people oh brilliant so, so you, when YouTube first started though and these people doing these commentary videos and you the, the kind of early early days um, there was no monetization there was no commercialization of YouTube in any way it was all very just for the fun, it was a hobby. People enjoyed the community and the relationship they had with their audience. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll, we'll, we can kind of discuss through like how YouTube then became monetized to begin with, then the next stage and kind of where we're at now where you have you know ex external brands coming in and sponsoring videos and partnering with YouTubers to better their, their brand message or their marketing. So you're not just making money from the adverts on the videos anymore. Okay, did you ever make any money from any of the videos you did? Yeah, so I have this issue, and uh, I'm just going to stop you there one second. Can you? Because you still got to be in charge of the cameras. Can you just go and restart that? Oh, is it still recording? Yeah, it's not recording. See, Patrick's usually all over this because yeah, so we've this got is, him in now. This is normally yeah. what I'm doing behind the cameras, right? So that one's rolling again now, right? Rolling. rolling again. And now, when that was happening, he's going to have to have cut to one of the other ones, which is this one. It was probably just focusing with me picking my nose. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Everyone wants to see. Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> so this is you, why you always need someone behind the camera, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah. It does make it a lot easier. So when you first started doing some YouTube stuff, monetization, as you said, that wasn't a thing. So you wasn't really a thing. My my biggest issue with the whole YouTube thing is I I have an idea, and then I like execute on that idea, and I. I, I, what I, th I make what I think are good videos yeah. and then I get bored of that idea and I move on to the next one. So I've made lots of different YouTube channels. I had gaming channels. Um, from gaming channels I went on to technology, so re product reviews. Like if I owned all of this equipment back in the day, I would have been reviewing all of it. Um, after review channels, I had one which was my most successful, which was interviewing YouTubers. Okay. So funnily enough, kind of what this podcast is doing, which yeah, is giving yeah. an insight into someone like Archie. I would come from a direction of more of a traditional interview uh, and interview people about how and why they started YouTube and kind of where it's brought them to today. So the opportunities it's provided um, and kind of like, you know, their journey to, to kind of where they are. So one of the videos on that channel got a million views and it had like 15, 20,000 subscribers. So that, that channel generated some revenue, but then I got bored of that and then I bought a classic mini. So I made a YouTube channel around that and I made a video <laughs> series where I made like a, a Swiss army knife into my keys because the mini came with four keys when I first bought it. One for the fuel cap, one for the ignition, one for the doors. <laughs> and there was one more as well. And I can't remember Club what it was box. for. No, there was something else. Boot? Uh, was it the boot? Anyway, it's a lot of keys. I can't right, remember the last okay. one. It's a lot of keys. Um, so I cut down one of the keys. I had three left. And then I put them into a Swiss Army knife. So I made a video series around uh, that right. in my garage over the winter because I bought the car in October. Nice. So that was another YouTube channel. But I got bored of that. So then I started doing proper car videos. Okay. Then mainly for other people's channels. Um, yeah, I did a few so, videos. So the, the transition then, you, you obviously went from making videos yourself to then helping other people make videos. Yeah. Was that easier, harder? Um, well, funnily enough, it first started off in kind of a weird way. So if you go back to the gaming stuff, right, the beginning of, of my YouTube career timeline, I don't know what you call it. I didn't really earn enough money at the beginning to call yeah. it a career, but um, <laughs> I was works. working. Yeah, I think a timeline's a good, what good I might phrase do, for that. I might just move this around here, Patrick, because I want to see, oh, no. see what... 
Yeah, and this is the beauty of a podcast. <laughs> if you're Chris not, has become a creative director. Yeah, if, if, you're, if you don't have to listen to this, Angle if you don't have to watch this, it's great because <laughs> we are learning as we go. Yeah, here we go. So, so this is all the stuff I do behind the scenes that nobody sees. Yeah, and it's brilliant. Now we're, now Tim and I have to do it. <laughs> and now we've just got dodgy camera angles of just like, like here and, and there and now we've got... <laughs> it's Patrick, like a vlog. Obviously. It is like a vlog, A vlog yeah. podcast. That sounds complicated to a edit. Pod vlogcast. Yeah, so, so yeah, Sorry, going back to the gaming on. stuff, I first started watching these YouTube gamers. Then I managed to play with one of them in a game once. Um, literally just like, tweeted out saying, oh, I need players to play with me against other people. So I got into that, got onto his Skype friend list. Right. The second I did that, just like badgering him every single day, talking about, um, talking about all of the different... Um, like things that I could do to help him with yeah. like a thumbnail or just, just helping him in any way. Basically, I was just like, look, I'll help you. Yeah, and, and my, the, what I get back from that is the ability to help someone that I look up to and aspire. So one day he came back and said, oh, you can make some thumbnails for me. So I did that and then I started producing some of his content. So he was over in America and I was in the UK. So all I would say is like, oh, you need to go film this or like I can edit this for you. So like it started off with me not even holding the camera. It was just right, okay. everything else behind the scenes. It was learning how YouTube worked, uploading the videos, scheduling them, like producing them. And then I started filming things. Once I could afford to buy my first camera, then I started filming, you know, stupid things like my cat in my garden and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> Has that had a million views? No, nowhere no, near. I, I think it's got oh. under 10. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so it, it started off actually more from kind of most people would start filming first and then they would start yeah, helping okay. other people out and doing that. And I did it the other way around. And I was very fortunate that my cousin has a YouTube channel called Sorted Food. Right. So they have... Bit well, of a plug there. Going to get yeah. this wrong now, but it's like 1.5 or 2 million subscribers oh, wow. in that ballpark. And when I first um, worked for them, I was doing some stuff in, in between school holidays. Um, it was just learning how the YouTube SEO and like search tags worked and stuff like that. And they'd be given by YouTube like this A4 list of like, this is kind of best practice, which is what they now provide in their, you know, their creator playbooks and stuff like that. It's kind of a, a best practice guide. Okay. Um, so I started doing that. So I kind of learned everything behind YouTube. And then when it came to making the videos, that was more just then learning how to use the camera and stuff like that. So right, okay. kind of, I've kind of been growing up with the whole YouTube process, yeah, which has yeah. been really interesting. And in, in this time frame of like from then till now, monetization has come in and that's made a huge difference. So when well, YouTube- it's given you a job, basically. Yeah, exactly. Now that affords what I, what I can do now and, and doing cool things like this, it's, it's, it's really, really cool. So when YouTube first started, there was no monetization. The first level of monetization didn't come on individual channels. They had these things called multi-channel networks. So if you think of it like an umbrella, you have yeah. like a lot of smaller entities under a big one. The big one was able to place adverts and monetize that with Google. And then you would receive your portion of that check. So you would come uh, in and you would say, oh, I've got a thousand views that month. Then you would get a check back for just those a thousand views. Uh, but okay. the bigger company was getting paid, you know, a million, a million dollars and a month or something. And you just got your little slice of the pie. Okay. So it was very easy to work out because you still had your individual channels with your individual uh, like video fees and stuff like that. But the way that the monetization worked was kind of a, a network. Um, and from there, I think in 2012 or so, then individual channels started monetizing. Um, and then at that I suppose point, it's as soon as YouTube knew that they could, yeah, make some serious well, YouTube had to build a, an infrastructure basically for the ad system because the way and not to get too complicated on how the ads work, but you're basically doing like a live auction. Think about how an eBay auction works, right? But think about doing an eBay auction that lasts the amount of time it takes for you to load that video you've clicked on. Wow. So it's like milliseconds. Yeah. So everybody mm. bids right. and then. The person who bids the highest wins, but they pay the lowest person's bid. 
So if you bid four pound for an advertisement yeah. for like per one thousand okay, so, videos. Okay, so let's put this into practice then. So so you're about to release a video about yeah. your cat. Tim and I want to advertise on your channel. Yeah. So mm. I go, right, I'm willing to pay four pounds for my advert to yeah. be shown on your channel. Tim goes, well, I've only got a quid. Mm. I would win, but, but I'd you'd only, only pay, pay a pound. pound. So then what stop, what's stopping Tim going, well, I'll pay 100 quid? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know enough, but I don't know that much. I did Such is the wonder of the YouTube I think, world. I think it is to prevent people from just outbidding each other. And to kind I'm of guessing there, there must be some kind of algorithm in terms of if I do bid my four pounds and Tim bids his one pound, I would eventually end up paying more somehow. Yeah, because everybody would then, if everybody started bidding up, then the lowest bid would become higher. So mm. if, if he bid a hundred pound, then you probably wouldn't bid one pound next. Is that GoPro gone again? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, Might be getting too hot. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so the whole ad system is really interesting. It's, right. it's very detailed. It's probably not for a, an overview podcast like this one. Um, but yeah, it's really, really cool. And um, yeah, it's, it's been, a, been a few years. And they still have issues. You still see YouTube now when YouTubers complain about demonetization and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. advertiser safe content. And YouTube has a lot of issues around the way that people make money on the platform. Yeah, there was ad gate, wasn't there? Yeah, recently. but they've got, you've got to think that, you know, we live in this small world of automotive lifestyle stuff. You've got to think that there's all these other worlds and they've got to cater for all of them using the exact same system. Yeah, so there's always pretty hard issues. to, to yeah. please everybody. Yeah. Exactly. So what, what do you think of the, but, but no, in no, there, sorry. What do you think of the fact, uh, and what are you planning on doing now, given that now Facebook is moving into monetizing their videos and they've, you know, on, on your Facebook app, you've now got this nice little video. Yeah, Facebook button, Watch, isn't it? Facebook Watch. I mean, they're obviously, I'm surprised they haven't done it sooner, to be honest. They're, they're desperate to get a, a slice of the YouTube pie, aren't they? The issue with that goes back to the infrastructure that YouTube has. So Content ID is a system on YouTube which enables you to match. If you upload a video, that's then your property, your intellectual property, your copyright, um, and then... Um, if someone else uploads that, they shouldn't be able to monetize that. No, so on a, on a base level, you know, if someone re-uploads this podcast, it's probably not going to make much of a difference to how much money you would bring back from that. Mm. But if you're a massive YouTuber who's making millions of pounds a month from it, someone stealing your video and up re-uploading that and that getting the million views that you should have got is a, is a massive deal. Yeah. Yeah. So the current issue with Facebook is they don't have an automated content ID system that can identify oh, other nice. people's content. Because if, so if they bring in monetization... Like now to anyone, you could just go up the next episode of Friends or Family or Guy or whatever, upload it. upload it, and then if people watch it, you make the money. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's still an issue on YouTube too. You can just mm. claim other people's videos like that. Yeah, uh, there's, there's loads. There are loads and loads of. Like, I watch just little little five minute clips of, of Family Guy all the time, and it's it's blatantly they're not paying Fox or whoever it is. Yeah. For the rights to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it it's an infrastructure issue. Facebook Watch. There is people who are making money off Facebook now. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a very small amount of people. Um, Do you think it will grow? Yeah, definitely. I think there needs to be a competitor to YouTube. There hasn't been one. I mean, what's Vimeo? It doesn't make any money, does it? It's no. just a, a no portal there, for... No, it's just that you have to pay Vimeo to have a pro account that's to right. upload as much as YouTubers that's would. <laughs> um, that's how they make their money. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting space. Um, you've got people like Amazon as well looking to build like content creation systems and ways to make videos for their platform because obviously they have their video side of things the prime video i think netflix are looking into it as well aren't they yeah because the, the problem with again with you've got youtube they've got the power of google you know they've got the google servers the google server city you know they've got all the space and infrastructure they could possibly ever want because 
I, I wish I'd re- researched the, the numbers. There, there are some. Someone told me a while ago about the actual numbers of videos, the amount of data that's going in and out of YouTube. Yeah, on a, oh, it must on be a, on a se- I used to know those second. stats off by heart, but I don't anymore. Oh, I but mean, it's, it's like it's billions of terabytes. Yeah. you know, go every day or whatever, and it's it's just mental. And so someone can't just go, oh, I'm going to create a rival to YouTube. They yeah. need to have that infrastructure. But that's why you need to have someone like Netflix who are constantly streaming stuff and Amazon with Amazon Prime Video and all that kind of thing. I think it will happen. Somebody will come because so many people are quite unhappy with the way YouTube are doing things at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. I think it, but it's all down to the monetization, right? Mm. It's just the creators, like you would if you made a TV show, you'd expect to be paid for something you've, yeah. you've made. And that, that, that's where the issue comes in with the next platform, which is Instagram. You can't monetize Instagram posts. Like, even though there's ads in your feed, like, no, no creators receive a, a, a kind of commission off of that no, at all. Okay. And then Instagram TV, which is trying to be a YouTube competitor, trying to make portrait video available on mobile phones really easily. You can't monetize that either. So, Do you think they will? I think they have to because the problem right now is bigger creators, your Casey Neistat's, your people even in our world, don't see a reason to spend more time making a specific video for a specific platform yeah. that they aren't going to get anything back from. As, as objective as that sounds, it is still a business. And mm. if you have to make two videos for two different platforms and both of those make you money and then someone asks you to add in a third but it's not going to add anything to you yeah. if anything it will just take away from maybe the creativity of your other videos you're, you're not going to be very enthusiastic about that so you see big creators now like Facebook signed a lot of big creators up to big money deals to make live content to make Facebook videos um, because they understand that the only way you're going to get a large audience staying there and following that is by incentivizing these large creators to, yeah, okay. to kind of create this content and, and bring over an audience. So, obviously, that that is generating money through views. Yeah. Um, now, a lot of these YouTubers that that we all watch online and stuff, you know, they're 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 doing pretty well for themselves. They've got a lot of money in the bank, um, and you know, they're they're building huge houses for themselves and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sure that there's uh, reasoning behind all of that stuff. But in terms of generating money through their videos. It's more lucrative, as Archie said in his podcast, to partner up with businesses and yeah, with brands. In, yeah, mm. with brands. So, with that, at what point in your career, after helping some of these YouTubers create some content and going, oh, they're making a bit of money, maybe I could cash in on this somehow? You obviously now, um, I suppose, uh, join YouTubers up with brands. Yeah. At what point did that start happening? So that was about four years ago. Uh, if I'm going to be honest, I was just finished school. I was sitting in my bedroom working on a business plan with a guy in America to make a multi-channel network, the thing we spoke about earlier, which is you know a way to have an umbrella network. And yeah. You monetize the YouTubers that way. Um, that kind of fell through. And basically, my mum was just like, you're clearly not actually doing anything. You need to go get a real job. <laughs> so I was like, ah. Oh. So I went out and I started looking around for real jobs, but I refused to actually get a real job. I was like, okay, the real job has to be in social media or YouTube or something because it's my skill set. It's something I've been doing for, at that time, probably yeah, three or four years. So I was like, I have, to, I have to do something in this field because any other field I'm going to start kind of objectively from the bottom and I have to learn another skill set to get there. So I was looking for jobs in social media world and I just happened to come across an agency, a talent agency that was looking for someone that could help out and then also develop a social media side of the business. So standard interview process kind of went through um, and I got a job at this agency. When the first year we'd brought on 12 million cli- uh, 12 clients with 60 million views a month Wow! Um, and kind okay. of built up this roster of people that 
then in theory you could then monetize using brands yeah so for me the, the learning curve the stuff i hadn't already learned was working with brands working with agencies marketing or pr agencies how you reach out to those people and how you kind of interact with them and kind of gain the relationship that then they can bring work to you um i so just knew all the youtube side of things so i i kind of had that covered and it was right. a, a learning process from there that's pretty cool so with that in mind how do you go and find these like deals and these brands do they tend to come to you do you go to them do the talent so, if you can call them that come to you and go i really want to work with yeah Nike it's, it's, or li whatever. it's literally a combination of all of them and that may sound cliche but it is so like when we first meet with a talent like if this was a meeting now the first thing we'd be saying is like you've got a good platform you've got a good audience what are brands you aspire to work with what okay. are brands that you resonate with i really want to talk in a second on on how you find people you want to work with yeah but let, for, let's cover this off though okay with the so yeah let's just say you're a massive brands. harley davidson fan you really want to work with harley davidson always yeah so mm -hmm. so if if we're gonna if we're gonna reach out to brands, the first like you know, if we were to have a top ten of brands, they've got to be ones that you would genuinely care about. Be it your shoes that you wear, the watch that you wear, the sunglasses, the bike, the car, whatever. They're the brands that if we came to you and said they want to pay you to do something, you would be over the moon because and you'd be really enthusiastic uh, because that's just the brands that you aspire to want to work with. So that's okay. really easy. That's the and then all we have to do then is reach out to those brands and hope that they come back. Most of them don't because the space is quite new. So it's not as easy as just like, hey, do you want to spend loads of money with us? And they go, yeah. And then you <laughs> sign a check and then you get paid and then they make some videos. And yeah. It's much more, if like I'm I said, like it's a relationship you have to build. And a lot of the times it's an understanding you have to build as well. There's a lot of brands that we now have done kind of single year or multi-year deals with that when we first made contact with the person at the brand, they didn't even know how any of this worked. So you kind of have to hold their hand and explain it to them and provide them the benefits and work through how this could benefit them and the brand that they work for. And they're all now starting to understand the YouTube space. Yeah, so and now you've got the results. Like, now you've got the second good. you've got the second part of that. So the first is what brands do you, Christian, want to work with? We'll go and reach out to those. The second is what brands fit your audience and we'll go reach out to those. So whilst you're off going making your videos, we're sitting in an office going Archie, he's, he's into racing, right? Okay, let's get every racing brand or brand related to racing or maybe a brand that is advertising in the racing world or maybe you've got like a Tag Heuer who are, uh, their heritage is in racing, so they've got that storyline there. Let's reach out to those people and go, we've got this audience, this person, and we think there's a storyline because this person resonates with your brand and what we think is your marketing. So that's a, a perfect example is Archie and Tag Heuer. We were working with Tag Heuer across a few different shows and a few different events because his his image and, and the way that he was portraying himself as, as kind of the racing angle of things um, fits really well with what they're trying to do as well. They're trying their whole, I think their tagline at the time was break the mold um, and they were looking to, oh, don't crack under pressure, that was it. It was don't crack right. under pressure. Um, so it was all about that kind of side of things. Okay. Um, so it is finding that, that, that really nice marriage between well, that's two the people dream. that are going to get on. That's the dream. Yeah. That's the best way it works for everyone. Because when Archie makes the video, it doesn't look like a sellout. He's not selling in something he doesn't believe in or like or care about. Um, the brand feel like they're getting something that's actually engaging directly towards their, their kind of target audience and everybody's happy. So that's the second way is for us to think externally outside of, you know, input from, from the YouTuber, think about, okay, who can we go to? Who fits this demographic? Who fits this audience? Who fits this image? Have you um, ever got it wrong? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think we've even done videos where they've been paid and it's just like that. It didn't really work. 
Right. You know, but I suppose you live and learn. And you exactly, yeah. It's, I think people think that it's, it's really just like, oh, yeah, get the money and get the money and like, any brand will do. But we do really consider like, who works with who and like, how that affects their image. So I'm they, guessing uh, that's a lot like how the people from, say, like Love Island would fall down yep. for the fact that they come out, there's brands throwing deals at them yeah. and they just lap all of and it And it's up. really easy yeah. to say yes. It's really easy. Uh, we've done it before. Like, it's, it's just something that... You know, if, if someone is coming to you saying, oh, I need income, I need money, I need this, that, the other, or I just want to be doing bigger, better things. If a bigger, better thing comes up, but it's not perfect, maybe... It's hard to say no. It's hard to say yeah, no, and also yeah, maybe yeah. you try it, maybe it does work. Um, we've never had any branded videos that have, like, been crazy negative. There's been no, like, spray paint equivalent videos, <laughs> but with brands in them. Nothing right. like that, but... Because um, I wanted to touch on if there was any nightmare story you had, maybe working a, with a brand or... Uh, I think the most the most issues you have with a brand is their, their understanding not being at the level required to know how to work with a YouTuber. So it's mostly... So selling in an idea or selling in a concept normally has to fit within what the brand themselves want to do or achieve right. so it's not you coming to the brand and saying hey I've got this really crazy idea let's do this it's normally the brands going hey we've got this activation we've got this specific thing that we want to do how can you make a video around that um, so it's kind of molding yourself to them okay. rather than them to you but I'm sure there's a few little problems that you've had along the way of yeah you know, people like I said so it's, it's less name wrong or, or yeah we've had that a few times you were I think you were there for one of those I was there for one uh, usually, but yes yes, 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 yes we, I remember that one it's mostly an on-site <laughs> problem so a lot of the obviously contracts are always an issue that's right. in any anybody that's had a job and had to renegotiate their contracts because they want a pay rise they want terms changed or more holiday like that's always an issue because you know every side has to give and take a bit so you have to work through that that's always an issue the logistics of planning a shoot can sometimes be an issue because maybe a talent is away somewhere or, or they're busy on another shoot and like you have to fit it into the, the, the client who's the brand's timings. And, and this is all on your event. shoulders. Yeah, so this is, at this point, the YouTuber hasn't really got involved. Maybe we're contacting them to discuss timings and logistics and how that would work for them. But like we're the ones going back and forth with the brands. So there's always issues there where it's just like, no, we we refuse for you to do this or that, or that timings won't work, or that flight's too late, or things yeah, like that. Okay. But they're normally resolvable, because really, at the end of the day, it's just objective, like, businessy stuff yeah. that mm. you just have to work through, and you, if you work a bit harder, you can get through it. So as and then, a, I was going to say, then the final side is the one that where the big issues come, it's just on, on a job. You're there, the client's there, the talent's there, you've got the, the car, or the thing, or the experience, the cameras, everything. Harley Davidson. Yeah, we're at Harley <laughs> Davidson and the GoPro stops recording. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's stuff like that. So it's the stuff you can't plan. You plan this whole day, you plan this whole event, but if the event overruns and you miss your flight, there's not much you like there's you can't plan that in advance. You can't you can't book two flights mm -hmm. and then if you miss one you get the other. You, so you have to take it as it comes and that's where issues arise because you know, all the YouTubers are just trying their best to make the most organic and real content to their audience. And when you've got a brand coming into that, that sometimes can blur that line between like, okay, what's really you and what's really the brand? And we try really hard to ensure that whatever the brand message is fits into that content as organically as possible. Um, so you have the YouTuber coming in, they want to make this video, they want to do it in their style. And then you've got the brand kind of like on the, on the ground live being like, oh, why did you try like this? And it's like, oh, well, that doesn't really work. Yeah. Or like I said, maybe it overruns, you miss a flight, or maybe the car doesn't turn up or something breaks or something breaks down. And that's where all the big issues happen. You, you maybe spell a name wrong at a motor show, <laughs> um, uh, stuff and like that. And the brand so, is like, oh my God, change it now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you just have to kind of, so that again, so you, we, 
we're working hard behind the scenes before anything visibly happens to the public. But then even whilst it's happening to the public, we're working to ensure that whatever they're seeing is exactly what the influencer should should want to see uh, or wants to create what the audience wants to see or what the brand wants to get out of it yeah so there's three there's three parts to this it's not yeah, as easy I'm as guessing just if you're on a shoot with a car manufacturer and one of their cars breaks down you're probably not going to film that because the brand is paying you to yeah well show off so, so press car mm, or brand or whatever. press trips are different press trips you don't get paid for they're just something that you get invited on it'll be a new car launch or even having press cars like tim at the moment you've what have you got at the moment. Uh, I've got a Mustang V8. Okay, there you go. Are so you enjoying it? Yes. And how much have you been paid for that? Zero. There we go. So <laughs> normal press cars you don't get paid for in that sense. Um, but then you'll have paid activations, which will be a specific trip or something that you, you will get paid for. And then you've got to disclose all the different variations of all of that. So I think most YouTubers do a pretty good job of explaining whether something is paid for, as in like they're paying for you to go on a trip, a press yeah. trip. They're just giving you a car, which is a, a value in itself because you generate revenue off of that video. Um, or whether you're literally being paid a marketing fee to push out a specific message that's been right. curated and created for you or with you for a brand. So this all seems a bit too good to be true, really. You make a couple of videos, all of a sudden you've got somebody <laughs> looking after you that's arranging your flights and your travel and your accommodation, yeah. pulling you in big money. What? Because I'm sure there are quite a few people that are listening to this podcast going, well, I've made a few videos on YouTube and I've really enjoyed it. And I want to get to the point where I'm having somebody look after me and take me here and show me that and yeah. say, oh, yeah, we should go and work with whoever it is. How do, does someone get to that point and how do you choose that talent to work with so or do, do they pick you do you pick them like as a again it's a mix of those so some people will come to us and be like hey i've heard you work w with these kind of people in this kind of field and you do these kind of things and like i'd like to see if i can work with you too and then from outside we're always looking for new people so if that person comes to us it's like oh great this person could be interesting you we'll look at their youtube numbers look at their you know their stats overall and analytics and see who they're reaching how they're reaching them and kind of what the trajectory of that is because if someone comes to you and they've got a very small subscriber base, they, they, may, they may not make any money, right? So they're not going to be making any money commercially. And that's obviously where we make our money is, is the commercial deals. And they won't be making any money on YouTube. So that at the moment, this is a hobby. But if you see something in them or you see that like, you know, they just got that viral video or something about them is interesting or unique or kind of fits what you think a brand may be interested in, then that's an interesting conversation and we develop relationships like that. So we have relationships with loads of people that we don't manage. But if something was to come up, let's just say something to come up with a bike brand and you wanted to do something with that, then we would come to you, even though we don't directly manage you in, in, that, in that sense, in this scenario. Um, so even just knowing you is is good enough sometimes yeah, to potentially kind of. get you in the loop. Yeah, please don't send me emails, everyone, for God's sake. I've got <laughs> enough emails to deal with as Maybe it is. Maybe we just put up your, what, your Instagram? <laughs> yeah, uh, Instagram. yeah we'll, we'll pop your Patrick's, Instagram handle. Yeah, Patrick like Instagram <laughs> is here somewhere right now. Yeah, if you're so listening, it's at... At Becoming Patrick. Becoming at Patrick. Becoming Patrick. Yeah, I'm not there yet. <laughs> Nearly there. Okay. Yeah, that's the story for another time, the username, because people right. don't understand why. Patrick. And I forgot why as well, but now I remembered, <laughs> so it's quite good. Um, but so, yeah, so, so, so you've got that side. Okay, well, with, with that in mind, if, you're, if you've got a roster of, you know, let's just say five automotive YouTubers, yeah. and you get, um, uh, I don't know, let's just say Audi, and they go, right, we've got £20,000 to spend on an awesome video of uh, their new whatever it is. Their new, say when the new R8 gets launched, we want to spend 20 grand, we'll give you the car for six months, um, we want one of your people to blah, blah, blah. How would you pick? Because if I was on, like, with you guys, and I was like, well, why didn't I get that deal? 
Yeah. Mm. So firstly, nobody's ever come to us and said, here's 20 grand in a car for six months. Can you make some videos? It's normally, we have this event for three days. Can you come to the event and make a video at the event about the event and the car or the thing or the, right. the product? And, you, and how much are you? And then we have to go and oh, negotiate okay. that. They Fine. don't come and say, we've got X amount of money. How would you like to spend it? Right, <laughs> we wish it was that easy. It really isn't. Um, nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, sorry, what was your... Your question. So is it, how do you differentiate between if you're oh, looking after say so we, we a pool don't, of talent? Yeah, we don't we don't look to replicate talent. So we're not right. interested in two people that are really technical. We're not interested in two people that do really crazy lifestyle stuff. We're not interested in two people that do racing or whatever else. Okay. We're we're interested in everybody having their own unique angle. So when a brand comes to us and says, Hey, we've got this event coming up with a new Audi R eight we're going to go, okay, is, is, it on a, is it a track event? Is it a lifestyle event? Do you want to know technical figures around the car? Like, what is the angle that you're looking for, your marketing push for this? Got it. So if you're an Archie Hamilton wannabe, yeah. it's probably not working. So if they say track, track, if they say track, then we're like, oh, yeah, Archie's perfect. He's a racing driver. Got he it. has that heritage, that, that image that he can then portray in his videos, which is why we've done stuff we've done a lot before um, around their track in Miravale using their new tires on Porsches. Yeah, that was a good um, video. And that was really cool. Um, and then let's just say it's all like technical, like really detailed stuff. Then you want someone like Tim, Shmi 150, because he is perfect at getting around all of those figures and numbers and walking around a car. Yeah, and whereas Archie doesn't know how much oil to put in oh, his Oh, no, of course not, no. <laughs> but then Archie professes that that's, that's how he is. And like yeah, everybody yeah. knows that and he knows that. He's not trying to pretend to be someone like Tim. And then if you've got like a crazy lifestyle angle, you want someone like James, Mr. JWW, who really kind of can capture that kind of lifestyle essence. I think like his latest Rolls Royce video, the first one he put up was him riding a horse. Like that's not... <laughs> That's not like a normal car review video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not that objective car review. That's yeah. completely different. That was, that's one point I was going to make, actually, because uh, people will be saying, oh, you know, there's all these events, what sort of things happen. The, the Rolls-Royce one is, is is a very good example, isn't it? I mean, what that was, was the Rolls-Royce? I don't know I mean, what it was. It was a Cullinan. They were all is that how you say it? The Cullinan, yeah. Is they're, it an they're, SUV? They're SUV, yeah. So the, but these, uh, like, quite a group of these YouTubers were flown out to Wyoming, I think yeah. it was. Right. Jackson Hole in Wyoming. Oh. Which is I mean it's it's bear country. Yeah. yeah. We're talking middle of nothing, but incredibly beautiful. When you say bear country, as in like grizzly bear or Urgh. there's nothing there? As a bit in, of both. Urgh, both. Yeah. Right. But actual bears. <laughs> nothing there apart from bears. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and ten Rolls Royces. Right. <laughs> but put up in this incredible hotel I mean it, yeah. it was it was just like a, almost a six star hotel yeah like a six star right. hotel and the, the driving to the top of this ridiculous mount ridiculous mountain in these Rolls Royce SUVs they get to the top and there's a hut serving pastries and freshly brewed coffee and things oh, like nice. this you know and it, it's this incredible trip yeah and you've got just as a, as a as an example you had Paul from Supercars of London was there uh, Sam seen through glass was there Mr. JWW uh, and Shmi 150, as an example, they were all they were all there, all doing their own different angles, all doing their own thing. I mean, right. a couple of them had they were like James and Sam were in the same car. Yeah, they were car sharing. They were car sharing okay. for, for a lot of it, um, and so they had some really fun videos between them, and it was mainly the, the lifestyle aspect. And you watched Sam's video, and he even mentions about two thirds of the way through, he says, "Look, there's not much about the car in this, to be honest." He said, "But there are other people on this trip who are far more technical." Tim, for example, you know, Shmi 150, you watch his video and he's very in-depth technical mm. about the Cullen and what it can do, the stats, the figures. Yeah, yeah. 
So ground, you go to Tim if you clearance. want all that. You go to James if you want a bit more exactly. yeah. lifestyle stuff. Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, you've got different, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Different brands want different things. And, our, again, our job is to make sure that we provide the best talent for that job. You also have it the other way around where brands will come and say, I want that specific person. Okay. And then you just cater to whatever their needs. And, right. and, and, if, and if there's a scenario where the brand comes to you and, just like I said, and says, which talent do we need like what this is the event like who have you got then we provide them as as objective as as possible a list of people and we can give our input as to who we think given the event details who's the best but at the end of the day it's the brand's decision like we don't we don't we don't try and take that away and again again, unless for brands coming to us and they just want a a list of people we'll provide them a whole list um and that may that may even be based on like numbers or the style of their thing it just depends so lots of variables with that in mind, then, that you're pulling these brands and these influencers together, and it's great. Influencer gets paid, um, paid the brand gets their content and their kind of pr- promotion, their push. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you guys make money? So we take a percentage of any commercial deals that we do. Right. Um, so all of the work that we do <laughs> behind the, the scenes, yeah. all of the work we do behind the scenes, and then on, on event is then we take a, a commission off of that. Okay. Well, um, I guess you've got to get paid, right? You're exactly, doing, yeah. You're doing all the hard work, really. All the logistics, <laughs> well, all the planning, the, the marrying. Vi- the videos the are hard, too. But yeah. yeah, so yeah, that's, that's where the, the kind of commercial aspect from our end comes, is the, you know, the bigger and better deals we get for our clients, the bigger and better we become as a company and, and can kind of can afford to do bigger and better things. And so where do you see it going? Just bigger and bigger and better? Yeah, I think... Brands I think maybe a, understanding influences? Yeah, I think brands more. are starting to understand them a lot more. I think that's a positive and a negative because a lot of them are, are working out the value that they perceive in them got it. and then offering mm-hmm. that value forward. So they'll come to us and say, hey, we've got this amazing thing, but we're only going to pay you X amount. But X amount is like half of what that talent would traditionally expect, let's yeah. say. Um, so that's a, an issue we're having to continue to educate people on. Is like, okay, there is still a value to this. Just because you've now understood it doesn't mean you can start trying to get the lowest fee humanly possible. Well, um, thank you. And just before we wrap this up, I just want to touch very quickly on the cars that you own because oh, obviously no. you're in the automotive mm. world. The cars, that's on You've already mentioned your classic Mini. Yeah, that's yeah I've got a classic Mini, 1989 Mini 30. And you had a, a little bit of a... Uh, incident with that, didn't you? I got rear-ended, wasn't oh. it? I mean, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I was stuck, stuck at traffic set traffic lights, but yeah, so that so wasn't you, good fun. You've completely fixed it now. It looks. Oh yeah, the car's fine. It's yeah. been been all restored. It's been restored once before, and the now the back of it. Yeah, it just got dented. But okay. no, I love that thing. It is not safe to drive on the road. <laughs> like just being like a very small. <laughs> I will never forget a this, very right? small collision nearly nearly ruptured the entire fuel tank. <laughs> oh so my God. the fuel tank's in the boot, which is great. Well, I will, I will never forget, and it was driving back from one of Archie's drag races. I was doing a normal speed, um, and I was sat there, just on the motorways, minding my own business, and all of a sudden, in my little wi- uh, wing mirror, side mirror, I look, and you come flying <laughs> off. And <laughs> they're just like and I, shaking. I honestly <laughs> thought it was about to take off. It looked so unsafe. Yeah, it, uh, it doesn't yeah. do very, it doesn't go very fast or do very high speeds, but it... it if you're driving that thing, you're driving at 10 tenths the entire time. Like, there is no, like, cruise speed. It's yeah. just go, go, go. There's only four gears. So you get to the fourth gear by 30 miles an hour, and that's good up until uh, the more. speed limit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Or actually, it genuinely doesn't do much over the speed limit. I think the most I've ever done is about 90. That's about it. Nice. Like, on but that was ride. Yeah, on private yeah. land, down a hill for a few miles. With the wind behind you. Yeah, with the, literally that was it. Like, it doesn't... It's, it's the safest car in the world if you don't want to get caught speeding 
Um, yeah. It's very unsafe if anybody ever comes anywhere near you, like hitting you, because <laughs> it's made of tin and it's very thin. So yeah, well, we drove the we drove one in the middle of London, didn't we? We did, yeah. You and I um, hired yeah. a. Or we that got was, one. What was it? A big city, small car, small car, big city, small car, big I city. Love, small I love I love those things. Yeah. I see them round because we're based in London Bridge, and I see them round all the time. They're There's so actually one fun. parked out the Shard now, you know. Really? Yes, I think you can like if I guess oh, if you're staying in the Shangri-La, nice. you can just oh you can just nip get downstairs a, and jump in yeah, a classic mini, which is really cool. It is that fantastic. Is cool. If if any of you ever come to London and you're listening to this or watching this, um, definitely look up um, Small Car Big City. They're mm. fantastic. You just can go and rent. They've got yeah. they've got quite a few of them. If you go and yeah, they've got loads. Website, eight, eight, and you can nine, you can nine of them, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. you it's can get a, a tour and you can drive yeah, them as well, right? Like there's a few different. An and option, they are a fantastic so little car to have around are, London. Are so you can just yeah. nip in and out, and you can basically park it wherever you like. And you, yeah. you, you don't realize you don't realize how small they are until you're in another car and you see one, and you're like, "Oh my god!" I saw one on the motorway once, but in between two lorries, I was like, "Hang on, I'm driving one of those." Like, yeah. that's under the insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but so of course, yeah. Go on. You know, you're talking. People, people are looking at this and going, "Oh, you know, he, he can't be doing that well for himself." Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got, he's got, got a classic old mini. Yeah. You also drive something else, don't you? Not what you'd call the mainstream choice no and I feel that's probably why I do quite well at this job is because I also have a stupid and fascination of cars as well yes. as well as everybody else in this world but I have an Alfa Romeo 4C oh. carbon fibre bucket yes, yes. Yeah, with it's some a wheels 950 kilogram pocket rocket basically and you enjoy it oh it's amazing it's, my dream. it's been my dream car barring the mini like I don't People always ask me, like, oh, what are you going to replace it with? I was like, I don't have anything. I just, that's just, just the car I want. It's uncomfortable. The steering's terrible. Suspension's it's as hard well, as you can get. we drove it around <laughs> Monaco. We drove it up in the yeah, hills Yeah, we did, of didn't we? That was, mega. What, that was mega. I, I drove it for a good hour or so up these country, um, up the mountain pass. And I had a lot of fun. Even uh, thinking about it now, it puts a big smile on my face. Because it is, the car's so direct. Yeah. Everything you do with it is like you put in one tiny little movement. And you're off in that We don't direction. even have to put in a tiny little movement, it'll go off onto the side because of the think suspension. About, you just think about turning your <laughs> yeah. life and it'll just do it. But yeah, it does pull over the road quite a bit. Yeah. It's like it's a carbon fibre lotus. It is, yeah, it really is. So, yeah. It's like a it's like an Italian carbon fibre lotus. If you think about what a, a lotus would be if an Italian designed it, that's exactly what it is. It's flowing lines, it looks beautiful, it looks like a mini supercar and yeah, it's economical, really it. it's got a small engine, it's good on insurance. Not I'm, good on space though, no Not good on space, no, we've no. had two people <laughs> on a road trip is it's really tough. shouldn't be done yeah. it shouldn't be done it should be one person yeah. you, I don't think I'll ever be able to bring my girlfriend on a, on a long trip because that'll be way too much stuff no not unless you take her to a chiropractor <laughs> yeah, my that, back still hurts that too, yeah. that yeah, I have, to have, uh, I have to have cushions in it for long journeys drives yeah. don't blame but it's really fast though really fast like we funny enough yesterday I was with a, a friend a guy called Joe Achilles who you may know mm-hmm. um, and he had an Audi RS4 press car and we did like a a rolling start to the speed limit uh, or rolling drag race to the speed limit and uh, it kind of kept up it was the, the RS4 was slowly going away but the car has so much torque the 4C but as well um, it's such a being usable so light. car it's usable power yeah. so it's not just like you know getting in a Ferrari where half the time actually you really got to take it to a track to really yeah. get the most out of it you can kind of get the most out of it yeah, you're having day. fun at you're having fun at any speed, yeah, basically, and it yeah. sounds so loud as well. People always ask if it's got an aftermarket exhaust. It doesn't. Like, if I don't, is there any video? There's probably a video on my Instagram of the exhaust, but okay. it's just absurd. Like, it's so so loud, but it's just from factory. It's just the Italians. They're just crazy. They are. Yeah, and it's yeah. very much. I mean, that's the. I don't think the Alpine A110 would 
exist without the alpha doing it first with the no, four seats. No, it's the exact same. Similar. Similar. It's yeah. exactly the same thing, just without the carbon fiber. One point seven yeah. five liter engine, four yeah. cylinder turbos, four hundred forty brake horsepower, hundred thousand kilograms. Like yeah. it's the whole thing. It's it's exactly the same thing. It's just they've gone down the very lightweight aluminium route. Yeah, and the yeah. interior yeah. is much better on the Alpine. I have to yeah. admit. If yeah. I was to take one thing out of the four seat and replace it with, it would be the interior. Mm -hmm. It's. Uh, Questionable at best. <laughs> Questionable. Uh, Patrick, thank you so much for jumping on the That's podcast on the other side of the camera this yeah. time. Mm. Um, if you do want to follow Patrick, ask him any questions, etc., etc., just spam him on Instagram yeah. at Becoming Patrick. Yeah. My only sure, expertise uh, is four Cs, so don't ask me about any other car. That's <laughs> that the only one I know about. That and classic, classic mini. Yeah, that and classic yeah. mini. Um, and if you've got any questions, of course, regarding um, becoming, you know, YouTube talent or talent in general, I guess, because yeah. it's not just YouTubers. You guys. No, I, yeah, we didn't really expand people, on that, so. but yeah, we work with presenters and radio people, so it's it's across the board. Uh, it's not just online talent, but that is the area that I predominantly work in. Yeah, and if you thought all the camera angles and things were dodgy this week, don't worry, Patrick will be back. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the issue of me being in front of camera. Yeah, I'll <laughs> stick to being behind the camera for the next one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you so much again to uh, Wars Harley Davidson um, down here in Chelsea for letting us come and film in their incredible showroom. We've it's been an here awesome actually place, pretty much yeah, all day. It's mega. It yeah. is so so good, and all the bikes they've got. You can hire bikes from here as well, or you can just come in and kind of just draw over all of the stuff they've got and grab a coffee and grab a coffee. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you so much again to BOTB for uh, sponsoring the podcast. If you haven't heard of BOTB, they give away a dream car and a lifestyle product every single week so you never know if you're listening to this maybe on a Sunday or a Monday I yep. might be coming to uh, surprise you with your dream car or a lifestyle um, prize this week it's too late I've already you. got my dream car yeah, well. yeah, maybe you want something that's slightly more uh, comfortable <laughs> than a 4C. Yeah. And if you're watching this on our YouTube in the Headlights channel, don't forget, subscribe if you're not already. Hit the like button, all that stuff. We have to say these things. Um, you have to hit the like button and go and see our other videos. There's plenty yeah, more on the channel. Content on YouTube channel. Lifestyle content, car yeah. content. And we're not just mm. on YouTube. If you're listening to this podcast or you're watching exactly. it, it keeps cutting out every time you you know uh, close your phone because you don't want to Or go onto the tube, yeah. It'll go on the tube, exactly. Then just download the podcast. It's available on every single podcast app, as Patrick said at the beginning please do just search for in the headlights we'll of course be back next week with another one thank you very much for listening cheers bye bye see ya